I'm Emily. Hi, I'm Katie. And you're listening to Truly Random Thoughts. Emily, we have officially hit round two. Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) (laughs) For all those that don't remember, what does round two look like? Okay, so recap round one was how is nick cage important to this movie now we've moved on to round two and the question is how important is this movie to nick cage which has some nuances to it we have both of us watched a lot of nick cage interviews in preparation for this so we've taken it literally (laughs) how important is this movie actually to him but then like you can talk about other versions of that like is it important to his aura to his legacy <laughs> is it important to his you know essence, essence <laughs> his psyche so I, I am excited for for where these conversations are going to go yeah so we are working with eight movies this time we've narrowed it down from 16 to 8 and uh how you feeling about this i'm feeling great that we didn't have to watch any Age movies <laughs> this week I thought it was really fun to watch interviews with Nick Cage, especially the ones that we found of him younger. Mm -hmm. I don't know. He's very sweet. I found myself very much impressed with him. (laughs) It was kind of delightful to watch interviews before. I feel like he is a meme at this point. (laughs) (laughs) And to like see kind of the interviews before he became like that, it was interesting. Like when he was like, more like normal run-of-the-mill person yeah even though i feel like these made me realize that that actually never happened (laughs) (laughs) even the later ones like it's clear that he has a great sense of humor even if it is really dry like i just think he has a very Mm -hmm. dry sense of humor and isn't the kind of person that like lets you in on the joke like that video Mm -hmm. you sent me of the (laughs) snl skit with him and andy samberg like like he's getting made such fun of and like i don't know there's a part of me that's scared for him like oh my gosh is this offensive to him that he's being made fun of in this way and like the answer appears to be like no he's unruffled he's doing great (laughs) He thinks it's funny, too. And he has consciously, it looks like, created a character for himself on screen that isn't him, which is... Like the whole movie? <laughs> like, that he like, had where exactly. he's a character version of... Yeah, I think that it seems like he's able to separate, like, the meme version of himself from, like, who he actually... I think it's, like, you can see this version... And then there's, like, a whole person behind that. Like, the fact that he had, like, a two-headed snake. (laughs) It's not that the meme isn't entirely inaccurate. (laughs) No. (laughs) But also, he takes acting so seriously. I feel like more seriously than anyone I've ever watched (laughs) interviews of before. So, in that one interview, I think from 1995, he says that his goal was to become the Picasso of acting. And that just clears everything up. Like, he is really (laughs) into, what is it, like, German expressionism. Like, he doesn't want to be a realist sort of actor or, like, a naturalist. He has been trying all this time to, like... He keeps using the word surreal in his interviews. Like, he wants to be a surrealist. (laughs) 
And it's like, I don't know, there's something nice about knowing that it's intentional. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and not uh, on accident. Yeah. And we're like, feel yeah. bad. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Okay, well, now do you want to get into uh, round two? Okay, so last time... Well, I guess two episodes ago when we were working on the left side of the old bracket, we whittled ourselves down to the new matchup between leaving Las Vegas and honeymoon in Vegas. <laughs> As Julian Lang said when she handed Nick Cage his Academy Award, leaving Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> I watched that. Like, I watched his speech because I thought, oh, like, this might be beneficial to our talk. And then I was like, that was the only, like, thing I took away from it. (laughs) Well, I wasn't sure. Her accent almost made her sound Southern. But apparently she's from Minnesota. That also kind of checks out. I was like, my mind boggled. And then I was like, okay, this is a rabbit hole. You can't go down right now. It also just felt like... It's one of those unfortunate flubs that happens when you just say it wrong and you just have to forge forward. <laughs> and Nicolas Cage is like, leaving Las Vegas. <laughs> I feel like that's like 20% of me being on this podcast. <laughs> like, we will be in like, the editing phase and I'm like, oh, we can't ever take that back. That is, that is for permanent now. <laughs> okay, so... Nick Cage won his Oscar for leaving Las Vegas. It's hard to argue with this one. He won his Oscar. He has said that it's among his best movies out loud. He did say that it was very quick filming. It took them about, I think he said three weeks to film it. So it was not one of the roles that he really leaned into. And he's like, thank God. because (laughs) Because he was basically like... Oh, shoot. What, what's it called when they act method? method? Yeah, he said he went method with it. Yeah. Which, what does that mean? Was he <laughs> well, he said that he was exploring, like, the darker parts of himself, and he's glad that he didn't, like, stay there very long. Like, oh, I feel like he stayed there long enough, dude. <laughs> like, that was... I really enjoyed watching interviews from that press junket because all of the people that... I watched the interviews with uh, the interviewers were like, that was a good movie, but holy shit, was it dark, (laughs) basically. Uh, And I'm like, I'm glad I'm not the only one that was traumatized by that movie. It seems like everyone who was interviewing him was also very traumatized by it. So that makes me feel better. (laughs) Yeah. His acceptance speech was quite precious, actually. He gets super flustered and messes everyone's names up that he's thinking. And then he apologizes yeah. for it. That was adorable. It's very adorable. It's clear that it was unexpected and he's like very nervous. <laughs> I agree. I mean, I'm glad he's won an Oscar. I feel like it should have been for Pig. I feel like Pig <laughs> I think was an he wishes movie. it had been for Pig. <laughs> no, I feel like I'm glad that that's his favorite movie because I feel like it's. <laughs> I think last week I was saying I now have six favorite Nick Cage movies. He did an interview that was like his top five favorite movies. And this was in 2013, so pre-Pig. Yep. And his number one favorite movie was Leaving Las Vegas. And there you go. Unfortunately. He does change his favorites <laughs> over the years. So that's an interesting part of this conversation. But in this matchup, yeah, this seems to be a pretty big deal. Although in the who hosts the... One where they ask him questions and you peel it off the board. Oh, 
Google? No, no, no it's uh, Wired. Wired. Yeah, the Wired interview. One of the questions is, did Nicolas Cage win an Oscar? And he's like, I don't know, did I? <laughs> so maybe he was not <laughs> as affected by this Oscar as we believe. But Yeah, I think there was one interview that he was saying that like being recognized by your peers is great, but that you shouldn't focus on that with like the work that you create or something. Which, all right. I mean, all I right. get that, but it's always nice <laughs> to be acknowledged. <laughs> well, honeymoon in Vegas. If you want to leave a uh, five-star yeah. review, we would be most appreciative. <laughs> we do like acceptance from our peers. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And do you know what? I'm a, I'm a big-time people pleaser, so if you could let me know, that would be great. Thank you. <laughs> all right. So leaving Las Vegas is up against honeymoon in Vegas. Which, it's funny that the two Las Vegas movies are up against each other. I feel like the criteria of this round doesn't allow us to really explore the intricacies <laughs> of that conundrum. He had fun making Honeymoon in Vegas, it sounds like. He said in interviews at that time, he was very into making comedies. It was pointed out in the interview immediately following the release of the movie that this was one of the first times that he played someone quote normal which as i recall in that movie he's still <laughs> screaming a lot so <laughs> yeah i feel like he's definitely like not a like 10 out of 10 cage rage but like at least a six it's pretty high volume <laughs> elvis impersonator and like yep. jumps out of the plane and he said he had a great time being in the suit yeah, well, as I sent you the picture earlier, he does look like Elvis now, just like <laughs> old Elvis when he wears his sunglasses during interviews. He was very chill in his interviews about his fandom of Elvis. Apparently, he wasn't a fan until he did Wild at Heart with David Lynch, and then he was forced to listen to his music and became a fan. But the first time that he listened to Elvis, I think it was in, I want to say maybe fifth grade. I watched an interview. It's like firsts first time it's it's something like that we're linking all of these (laughs) interviews on our substack page so you can watch them but apparently his first time listening to elvis was like a show and tell kind of situation and then like boys were like stepping on the back of his heels and it hurt and so i think apparently that is why he didn't like (laughs) at the beginning i know he's like telling the story and i'm like i don't understand 100 (laughs) But okay. I'm <laughs> sorry. I wonder. So in the interview I was watching, he goes out of his way to talk about how weird he thinks it is that people spend their whole lives impersonating one person or like the phenomenon that is Elvis impersonations and like why it is that we get so fixated on going to see a impersonator when like you could watch a video of Elvis or listen to his records or whatever. And I wonder how his relationship to Elvis evolved when he married Elvis's daughter. <laughs> Maybe that's when he realized it was weird <laughs> because it's no longer like Elvis. It's like your father-in-law. <laughs> He so honeymoon in Vegas comes quite a bit before he married, right? Let's see. When I don't did know he when he married Lisa Marie? See. He was married to Lisa Marie from two thousand two to two thousand four. So yeah, this is very wow, later. I didn't realize it was so yeah. late. I know he was married to Patricia Arquette during yeah. Las Vegas <laughs> because I saw her in the. Acceptance I think that was speech. his longest marriage too, but. I oh, no, it wasn't. It know. wasn't his longest marriage. I think we talked about this last time. <laughs> I 
I think we talk about yeah. this every time. He's, <laughs> his marital history is fascinating. <laughs> I know. I can't get married once. <laughs> He's gotten married. You could probably get in line if you wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's, I mean, this isn't very much of a contention. Do you think? I think no. you <laughs> rue the day that you have to see leaving Las Vegas, live to see another round. <laughs> You know what? I've come to terms with it because next round is how much these movies mean to us, and it doesn't mean shit. So <laughs> or does it make on you the contrary, does it actually mean quite a bit because it will haunt your dreams forever? <laughs> <laughs> well, the problem is, I think, is next round it going against Billy's Wonderland or City of Angels? Well, that's what we have to talk about next. Oh, well, is the bracket oh, yeah. where that's. Yep, it will either it, be oh, okay. whoever wins this next conversation, City of Angels or Willie's Wonderland. Is, so that's official, leaving Las Vegas on to the third round. All right. Okay. Well, okay. So unfortunately, I love City of Angels <laughs> with the fire of a thousand suns because I think it is ridiculous and delightful. But unfortunately, while we were listening to all of his interviews over spanning decades, apparently as a young man, he watched a bunch of silent movies and he was really influenced by them. And then his favorite movies are silent movies. He always wanted to make a silent movie. I actually found this out while I was watching an interview that he did for City of Angels. <laughs> the burn. <laughs> but, like salt in the wound. And so I feel like... Willie's Wonderland is what he was trying to do all those years by like not having any words because he was like it's all it can all be in the eyes and he did it with that and body language and <laughs> cans of soda well okay <laughs> so reasons for City of Angels because this is one where he doesn't actually include either of these movies in his favorites so it's hard to say how mm-hmm. much. I mean, he clearly really liked Willie's Wonderland. He's fond of telling people that they can imagine that the soda, the, the punch is whatever they want it to be. He also said there was a question on the Wired interview where someone said, does Nicolas Cage find the pig? And he said, that's really a question only you can answer. You have to decide for yourself in the movie whether or not I find it. Either answer could be right, but... Uh, <laughs> and, and that is not true. <laughs> anyway, he's very, very uh, subjective in his... Um, Choose your yeah. own adventure. <laughs> but, okay, so reasons for City of Angels that are important to him. He did also say... He got to conquer a fear of he heights. He did. And in that same interview, he said things like he wanted the character to be more reserved and to do everything with his eyes, just like you're saying with Willy's Wonderland. Mm-hmm. He does do a lot. He does a lot with his eyes and with his fingers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he also was talking about how this movie is like, ideally like an affirmation of life and how you should come out of this movie like thinking life is great and i mean someone he talks and not in one of the interviews i watched for this but in something i watched beforehand i forget what or i think i was reading this on reddit or something he came across a woman who like recently who loves this movie and she told him how much it impacted her because she had lost a daughter or something like that and he talks about how that was really meaningful to him that that was important to her he gets to work with the great meg ryan 
He gets to be one of the few people. Peak Meg Ryan. <laughs> peak Meg Ryan. One of the few leading actors who have been naked with Meg Ryan. Um, <laughs> the only one that comes to mind. <laughs> so I don't know. I this is a this is a tricky one. But he is the one who chose. I, I forgot that he chose to have himself be silent in Willy's Wonderland. He had lines in the script, and he he convinced the director to do away with them. So apparently, the dialogue that he had was already very sparse, and thought it would be fun to take out as like a fun acting challenge. He said he's very happy with the results of Willy's Wonderland. It was a good experiment. It was a good. So experiment. do we think a good experiment trumps being naked with <laughs> <and> Ryan? <laughs> I feel like experiment is a tricky word. He loves experiments, (laughs) like a lot. But there's something about the word that says, like, this isn't a masterpiece. This was a fun experiment, you know? (laughs) Well, I guess this is the question. If he had to show someone a movie to, like, be like, this is what I do, do you think he would show them Willy's Wonderland or City of Angels? Oh, man, that's such a great question. We should have brought Nick on to, to answer these questions. Or at least tried. I mean, Reddit got him, so I'm sure we're, like, right underneath that. What do I honestly think? Right now, he would probably show someone. It'd probably be Willy's Wonderland, wouldn't it? I think so, too, begrudgingly. <laughs> but I also wonder... Seth the angel doesn't talk that much either. <laughs> no, it was earlier in his career. It was mm-hmm. a it was a time he was getting a lot of roles. I actually found out in watching these interviews that right after City of Angels, he was gonna start filming Superman, and he was going to be in a Superman '90s flick that got canceled. But there are pictures you can find them of him in the suit. Amazing. (laughs) I don't know if you watched this interview, but he was saying that Snake Eyes was getting ready to come out and that he was getting ready to start filming the Superman. And I've seen Snake Eyes and not great. (laughs) Maybe it's for the best (laughs) that Superman didn't come out, even though I would have deeply enjoyed watching it. I feel like it's a loss to culture that that never came out, but probably better for his dignity. (laughs) I wonder how different his career would have been if he would have been Superman. That is interesting. That's a yeah, because that's a completely, completely different role. One that he doesn't, he does not do white hat hero. If he's a hero, Mm-mm. he's like a, a grungy hero, like Mandy. Well, did you see that he want like? <laughs> did you see that that Superman was supposed to be like more goth? Of course, of course, like, and like emo. <laughs> Like the recent Robert Pattinson Batman. <laughs> yeah, I think basically they were going to have like his hair like r- like low-key, like long, dark. I think like Bangkok Dangerous, but better. <laughs> With money. <laughs> I feel like Superman is also the most boring of all superheroes. Batman is interesting because like he's got conflict and right. Superman like... His conflict, his family did die when he was younger and, like, obviously he, he's got no planet, but, like, he's, like, 100% good, <laughs> 0% bad, <laughs> like, he's all-powerful, like, there's only, like, issues like kryptonite, but, like, I was reading 
it was a long time ago, but that that's why like Superman hero or Superman movies just never tend to be like compelling. That interesting. <laughs> <laughs> he's got like nothing to overcome really, <laughs> and like he's so strong that he can like overcome anything. And like Batman, it's like look at my utility belt, <laughs> and like I'm and also I'm deeply in trouble. Money. <laughs> I've got so much trauma that it doesn't even fit in this whole back case. <laughs> I feel like that would have been interesting because I feel like, I mean, Henry Cavill has had a career kind of afterwards. Right. But I I feel like it's really hard to come back from superhero movies, especially pre, like, 2010, maybe. Because I feel like, I don't know, you just don't tend to have a ton of movies afterwards. So you know how when you open the Google app, you're served a bunch of, like potential articles that you might be interested in and (laughs) so like the the truth of them is like questionable well one of them i was served today was uh, apparently mcu came calling to nick cage and he turned them down and doesn't want anything to do with marvel yeah i saw that part of the reason that he went with the last name cage is luke cage from marvel and so he was saying that Stanley is like a spiritual father. Um, <laughs> and he was saying that, like, now he's too big for Marvel. <laughs> like, he's like, I'm Nick Cage. Like, honestly, that makes it sense. It does actually make sense. <laughs> I actually think that Marvel might not be big enough to contain the cage. Like, the cage would overtake the Marvel. <laughs> well, he was already in. We, we talked about this. He plays Big Daddy. What is the name? I'm thinking Watchmen, but that's not it. I'm going to Google Big Daddy oh, Nick Cage, no, so I'm sure nothing bad will come up. Kick-Ass is the name of the movie. And this is your argument for him basically being in MCU. Well, no, but it's a, it's a comic book series. Is it really? I didn't know that. Yeah, right? I think it's the same people as Watchmen. Interesting. It is Marvel. Oh. So he's already been well, in a Marvel movie. I had no idea. Have you seen Kick-Ass? I don't think I have. Oh, I saw it when it came out. I think it was high school. <laughs> <laughs> it was only like a trauma. I don't want to spoil anything, but that movie is not good to Nick Cage. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> okay, so I think... Are we, are we begrudgingly saying goodbye to City of Angels? Unfortunately, because I feel like I really, really want City of Angels to mean more to him. <laughs> But also, okay, this is another question. Do you think Nick Cage would have taken Willy's Wonderland if he had his pick of movies? That, where it wasn't where you're trying to pay off a debt? That is a very that, that's a big complication <laughs> to throw into this whole decision. At the end. Because <laughs> none of the other movies I feel like are his like terrible like there there are some movies that he's done that are not very good none of them are in this round right <laughs> they all got cut in the first right. round the, i think this is the only one that falls under that category well willie's wonderland is interesting because it's 2021 he's coming out of the terrible years and it's where his the the trouble he's coming out of the troubles <laughs> and it's like where his need to be in every single movie possible is like coming to meet on the graph his rising legacy and like his fame 
and his growing image as Nick Cage. And I feel like the movies that came out in 2021, besides Pig, but like Prisoners of the Ghostland was one we did too. Like these are movies that are like, yes, Nick Cage took us because he had to, but also this is Nick Cage, right? Like we are Mm -hmm. celebrating the legacy of Nick Cage in this movie. I feel like that's a good point. But it didn't create his legacy by any means. No. I don't, this is so hard. Because City of Angels definitely probably would have gone all the way if it makes it through this round. But it does. this is the killer. It has to make it through this round. And I don't know. I don't know if it does. So he took City of Angels. It comes right after The Rock, Conair, Face Off, before Snake Eyes. Like, it's before Adaptation. So during his golden years... He, he took this six years after the Oscar. So I feel like at that point, like, it's still fresh enough that you're kind of choosing your roles. The Con Air face-off. I feel like at that point, it's you can pick not whatever roles you want, but I feel like he could have done Willy's Wonderland or, like, something similar back then. But instead, he chooses a romance with 90s Meg Ryan... Right. We're a life-affirming romance with Meg Ryan. How much does that have to do with the times like, and what was popular at the box office? I feel like he's also a different Nick Cage between yes. 90s, like 90s Nick Cage and late 2000s. Well, that's part of the problem of this question is like, which Nick Cage is this movie important to? Because he totally mm-hmm. does change from his early career through his late career, except for the one constant is his love of sur- surrealist acting and silent movies, like all the way from Moonstruck, where he talks about how he took his like hand, <laughs> I lost my hand, I lost my bride. He like gets the inspiration of that from like Nosferatu, I think, or something like that. And then like a, a silent film and that holds constant all the way through to something that he's still talking about to this day. Do we call it? I feel like we have to. This is an upset that I didn't see coming. To be fair, I didn't I didn't know I was gonna love City of Angels. I didn't know that City of Angels was gonna become my third favorite <laughs> Nick Cage movie. I don't love this for us though. Do you realize what that does? That means that the third round is leaving Las Vegas versus Willie's Wonderland. And one of those is gonna which be I in feel the final like, round. Well, I know which one it's gonna be. <laughs> because we are nineties children who grew up going to Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> Yeah. Goodbye, Seth the Angel. Goodbye to Seth. Katie, I have an important question for you. Uh, how did that feel saying goodbye to, to City of Angels? <laughs> I feel like I need to like watch it again <laughs> and like apologize. <laughs> it doesn't feel great. I assumed that City of Angels was gonna win this. Hand to God, there's not a movie I want the well, the movie I want to win now is Pig. <laughs> And I thought I wasn't even going to want to watch that movie. I feel like basically our past month existence has only been Nick Cage. So I don't think anything other than him exists. <laughs> <sighs> okay, well, now we're on to Pig versus National Treasure 2. Which one do you think is going to win, Emily? <laughs> I 
<laughs> Wrong guesses only. <laughs> you would think that the character of Benjamin Gates would be a lot more important to Nicolas Cage than it appears to be in the interviews he gives about him. <laughs> but I think the thing with Nick Cage is it's not... I mean, he's worked with Disney, what, three times? And then, I forget, is Ghost Rider also Marvel? Is it? I know it's a comic book. I don't know. But I I don't remember if that was at the point where Marvel was owned by Disney. Oh, I don't think so. I think that's pretty recent. So he's actually played two Marvel characters. Wow. um, Because he was also Ghost Rider. So he's done the Marvel thing. But I feel like Nick Cage is post-big blockbuster movies. And is kind of at that, like, he wants to do, like, the artistic thing and the, like... Yeah. His whole thing is, like, how can I make acting better? Right. Yeah. No, I I mean, the character of Benjamin Gates is very important to me. But every time he talks about <laughs> it, he looks visibly bored. <laughs> he talks about how hard the experience was. And GQ did an interview with him where he talks through his, like, iconic characters, and Benjamin Gates is one of them. And he doesn't talk about the character. He talks about all the other characters in the interview, (laughs) but in that segment, he talks about the fact that John Turtletub, the director, was his high school classmate and how they have like this rivalry and he does this in like several (laughs) interviews about national treasure they talk about how they basically like hated each other and they don't anymore but like the whole thing was like john trolltub was like why is nick cage famous and i'm not famous i want to be famous and then like wait john trolltub the director of the national treasure movies you said john travolta was like (laughs) (laughs) well nick cage is john travolta but They never switched back faces. (laughs) So he doesn't even talk about National Treasure when he's supposed to be talking about National Treasure. He talks about his rivalry with his (laughs) high school buddies. National Treasure isn't super important to him, I don't think. But he did say he would make a third one after after making the second one. Well, that's good. I feel like the hill that Nick Cage is willing to die on is that Pig is his best movie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and when he was doing the press junket for the unbearable weight of massive talent anytime anyone asked him what his favorite movie was it was pig do you think that was recency bias no because the most recent movie he had done was the unbearable <laughs> weight of massive talent well he was uncomfortable with that movie the whole press junket anyway because he was like you guys this is weird because i'm playing myself but this really isn't me <laughs> but also pedro pascal yeah. <laughs> And I feel like I need to rewatch that movie very soon. But also, like, my brain couldn't take any more Nick Cage. But that right now, if you're not listening to this, like, as it's happening, the meme is where it's the <laughs> Nick Cage, like, looking at Pedro Pascal. And he's got, like, the, like, huge grin on his face. And everyone, like, that's happening right now. And every time I see it, I'm like, oh, my God, I want to watch this movie again. <laughs> but also, like, my brain has hit, like... Like, I've had dream, like a dream about Nick Cage. Like, he has infiltrated my subconscious. Like, I can't let him any deeper. But so in the... I would, this is just another tangent, but I was watching my sister-in-law and husband and I were sitting down to watch a movie and we decided we wanted to watch something from a franchise. Indiana Jones or like Jason Bourne. We ended up watching uh, Mission Impossible. But they were like, do you have an opinion? And I was like, I literally don't care as long as you don't choose National Treasure. (laughs) I feel like I could have offered John Wick Blade. (laughs) This is 
apparently there's a new Blade movie oh. coming out, which I'm the third Blade movie has Ryan Reynolds. Oh, oh, okay. So I watched the first Blade movie maybe about a year and a half, two years ago during COVID. And then now I've seen all of them. I own all three of them. <laughs> I've watched them. They're like, when I'm like, what am I going to do on a Saturday? I just like watch all of the Blade <laughs> movies. I do the same thing with the John Wick movies. They're just like close to my die hard. Amazing. Just so many delightful, <laughs> so many good movies. Okay. So going back to the stage. <laughs> So during the um, Wired interview, it was like, what's Nick Cage's favorite movie? And he said it was Pig. And his quote from that is, I thought it was like a folk song. I thought it was like a haiku. I felt that in that movie, I had become seasoned and I had entered the room. (laughs) So he enters the room in Pig. That's pretty, you can't really beat that. No. And then I think there was an, another interview where he said basically the same thing and that like everyone was on like the same wavelength. I think he just really, really loves Pig. I think he does too. I think it's what he wants the next phase of his career to look like. Oh, I feel like that would both be lovely because I truly do love Pig. And I feel like it would be like a slight travesty. <laughs> If we're not getting the, the content we like want, Willy's Wonderland. And <laughs> well, we do have Renfield yeah. still, so we'll always have Renfield. <laughs> oh my gosh, I I feel like that's like a good, like you do something like Pig. It's like indie, a little Oscar baity, right. and then you like kind of flip it with like, oh, this is fun. Yeah. Like, I'm sure he had like Aquafina. Seems like she would be a joy. <laughs> To hang out with like one day i hope we can hang out because she just seems like the most delightful like human being so i hope that that was fun <laughs> for both of them but so um, yeah i think right, pig wins pig. i was never really in doubt um, about that one <laughs> yeah. he's pretty vocal about pig <laughs> even more than leaving las vegas yep. Well, even I feel like even before Pig existed, when Leaving Las Vegas was his he was still movie. talking about Pig. <laughs> <laughs> but he he still like wasn't as excited about Leaving Las Vegas as he is about Pig. This is real. I wonder if it's also because like back then he had like so many like hopes and dreams for his career, and then like he saw how, like Bangkok <laughs> yeah. Dangerous exists. <laughs> And then you're like, oh, my God, I didn't get like think that I would be able to like create a masterpiece again. <laughs> but here we are. I think that's probably fair. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, speaking, speaking of his um, favorite movies. So in 2018, which is three years before Pig came out, he was asked the question, what were his favorite movies that he was in? And his answer... Did you say 13 or 18? 18. This was 2018. Uh, it was the IMDb interview. And he says that his favorite movies he were was in were Face Off and Vampire's Kiss. Yes. Well, in his 2013 interview, <laughs> his fifth favorite movie that he had ever done was Vampire's Kiss. Well, our final matchup of the day is Matchstick Men, Seed 12 versus Seed 6, Vampire's Kiss. He did also have a great time making Matchstick Men, it sounds like. Uh, In his interviews, he said he really was vibing with Ridley Scott. Like, they have a lot in common, apparently, and they, like... Had, like they both had the idea to have the character be into Frank Sinatra. He had a great time. He uh, 
did not remake his entire career, though, the way that he did in Vampire's Kiss. <laughs> so in what, his interview where he was talking about his favorite movies that he had done in 2013, he said that that was like the first time that a movie, like a concept for like his acting performance had come together. And it was also where he was talking about the cabinet of Dr. Caligari his, and yeah, his surrealist performances. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of like what he drew on. And you can kind of tell that this formed <laughs> like what? 75% of the movies that he'd be working on going forward. And also, this also fits into the category of forming his legacy, right? Like, if any movie mm-hmm. made Nick Cage on the path to becoming who he is today, it was it was Vampire's Kiss. This is the gif that comes up when you go to send a Nicolas Cage gif. Pretty significant to his career. I mean, I like Matchstick Men. Vampire's Kiss was freaking bonkers. <laughs> And, like, his choice to do whatever the hell accent he was doing, like, it's wild. And I feel like that's his first movie that has, like, a cult following. And it's, I mean, unfortunately for Matchstick Men, this was a hard one to come against for this round. Yep, it's a pretty, pretty clear Vampire's Kiss victory, I think. Slam dunk. Which leaves (laughs) us with a crazy third round which honestly i could have never predicted like probably if i no. thought about it i could have but the fact that these are the <laughs> movies we're left is with left with is wild do you want to read off our winners going forward into the third yeah. round so next week it will be vampire's kiss against pig and willie's wonderland against leaving las vegas that's nuts and we have to talk about next week uh, how these movies are important to us we finally get to have the say (laughs) it is about damn time as lizzo would say it's about damn time (laughs) i was even the one that came up (laughs) with this and it is the most ass backward way I can't believe we waited until the third round to finally get to have a say about which ones win. I mean, we've kind of, you know, been having a say this whole time, but we have, we've done our best to stick to the logic of the game. I think <laughs> that if we if we had completely taken our say out of it, the City of Angels versus Willy's Wonderland conversation would have been much shorter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, okay, next week, who do you think is going to win? Just like yeah. quick. Well, I know that you're gonna fight against leaving Las Vegas if it like you were gonna <laughs> every fiber if it of my kills being? you that will not make it to the end. <laughs> so I think that's that... fair. You know me well. <laughs> that's what ten years of friendship looks like, guys. <laughs> it's feeling very Willy's Wonderland versus Kate for me for the last one, which I deeply love with all my heart. That means the last round, it's basically his two closest movie. Like, they came out the same yeah, year, right? They did, which is wild. I mean, we are, like, we are looking at not seeing things in the final, the final four. Like, Moonstruck somehow isn't here. And City of Angels isn't here. And, like, I mean, great movies like National, National Treasure 2, <laughs> R.I.P., Guarding Tess. City of Angels, Raising Arizona. Oh. There's just so many wonderful movies. And here we are with 
<laughs> Pig and Leaving Las Vegas and Vampire's Kiss and Willy's Wonderland. I feel like I would not have guessed. Once Leaving Las Vegas got past the first round and I knew <laughs> when the second round was, I assumed it was going to go to the third round. But if you would have just showed me his entire filmography and, and said, like, what are the four movies that we're going yep. to have, like, for round three... These are not one. No, I would have guess. never had Willy's Wonderland get this far. I definitely, like, I thought Moonstruck, I thought Moonstruck was, was going to yeah. go all the way. I'm honestly very surprised about this. I know. I think the hard part was when the first round is how much does this movie need Nick Cage? And he's a secondary character in that yeah. movie. It was going to be hard for him. I mean, unless it was, like, against Bangkok Dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Which, um, I don't know how that movie got in, but there it is. <laughs> But thank you, Internet Randomizer. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, um, well, onward and next upward. Week. <laughs> thank you for listening to Truly Random Thoughts. If you enjoyed the show, we would be so grateful if you took a moment to review the podcast to help us spread the word. Also, be sure to subscribe to our Substack feed to get notified about new episodes and other fun Truly Random extras. We'll be back soon with another unexpected conversation. Who knows what we'll say next?